You're gonna find yourself floating home. We'll be safe enough once we make the jump to hyperspace. Besides, I know a few maneuvers, we'll lose them. That's where the fun begins. How long before you can make the jump to light speed? Take a few moments to get the coordinates from the navigator. You can't even rate their gating? Traveling through hyperspacing like dust and crops, boy. Without precise calculations, we'd fly right through a star or bounce too close to a supernova and then an injured trip real quick, wouldn't you? There's two reasons I wanted to play that clip. One is, I just wanted to play that clip. <laughs> the second, I'm gonna, is it okay if I move this? I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna move this in case it gets animated here. Um, I have my bobblehead. <clears throat> Two things were mentioned in that clip. Um, actually, bef before I say that, um, I, I, I'm working backwards through things. 41 years ago, that came out. It's the first movie I ever went to see in a theater. Um, when you saw that last few seconds when, when they jumped to light speed, you'd never seen that 40 years ago like you do today. The, the theater I was in spontaneously broke into applause. <laughs> it was so cool. Anyhow, anyhow, in your worship folder is an outline. Um, it has verses on it. There's actually no fill-ins, but there is something that you're going to be writing later. So if you have that, you can take that out. It has the stuff on it. Um, uh, but the reasons I wanted to play that clip, um, as I said, because I just wanted to. I, I love it. But um, it mentions something two times in that that we're actually going to kind of talk about today. We're in a series on spirit wars, about uh, um, uh, the spiritual battle that we're in and spiritual warfare. And we're just kind of playing with Star Wars for the summer. And I want to be really careful because I don't want you going back and thinking that here's where the truth comes from. It comes from Star Wars. It's like, no, 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 no. We're just having fun with that. The truth comes from God's Word. But two things were mentioned there. And, um, uh, or one thing was mentioned twice. He talked about shields. He talked about angling the deflector shields and the shields starting to fail. What we're going to talk about today is getting your shields up and how important that is. It's a big theme through Star Wars. It's actually very important. Even in one of the movies, the whole thing plays around the fact that they have these shields that protect them from things. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So it's also known as get your armor on. And I had to bring a helmet in today so that we had something. I was looking at this helmet thinking um, it, it's kind of new. It's only because it, it's ours and I remember the day we got it. But I looked on the inside, and the date's on the inside. It's like 1997 or something like that. Um, we're going to talk about that. And the reason that we are going to talk about, not that, 
we're going to talk about getting your armor on is because it's hugely important. Paul was in, the Apostle Paul was in prison. Um, I think it was detention block AA23. <laughs> For you nerds out there, you'll get that the rest of you. It doesn't really matter. Here's the thing. He was chained in prison. And here's what I think happened. As he's, as he's in prison, chained to a guard, um, you don't have a whole lot to do. He's looking at the guard. And as he's looking at the guard, he's seeing the guard, the Roman guard, dressed in armor. And he's looking at all the pieces of the armor thinking, that'll preach. <laughs> that's what I do when I'm walking around seeing something. It's like, oh, that's good. That'll help people understand something. And he sees the armor and he says, that will help people understand what we need to do. So we're going to do what we did last week. We're going to start with the premise. And I want you to get this premise because it's very important and it'll, it'll kind of wrap things up at the end. Here's the premise. God has given you... If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a believer, he has given you everything you need for battle. Now, the problem is some people stop there. Okay, he's given me everything I need. I don't have to worry about it. And they go through life not thinking about it, defenseless. He's given you everything you need for battle, but you must decide each and every day to suit up with truth and faith and righteousness. You have to make that decision every single day. Paul wouldn't have said it if it was just a given. You got this, no problem, don't worry about it. You're covered, you got everything you need. He didn't say that. He said, do you have access to everything you need? Yes. But you have to decide every day to suit up. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Paul started the book of Ephesians, and we looked at this verse a little bit ago with this um, pronouncement, this declaration that God had already blessed us with every resource we need in our heavenly fight. And now he ends this letter, he concludes it by detailing exactly how we put those resources to use on the battlefield. It's not enough to just know I have them. If they're hanging in the closet, they don't do you any good. So how do we put those resources to use? Because really every day you're fighting a battle. You may not realize it. You may think, oh, I realize it. Well, you're fighting a battle just because of life, but you're also fighting a spiritual battle. And because it's a spiritual battle, we have to have spiritual weapons. And that's what he talks about here. So let me just read through Ephesians 6 where he talks about that, um, starting in verse 13. Therefore, he says, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. And to me, that's the key. Because we all go through battles. How do I want to be after the battle? I want to be standing firm. I don't want to be taken out. I know too many people who have been taken out because of battles. I know too many people in ministry who have been taken out because of battles. I don't want that. I don't want that for me, and I don't want it for you. I want us to be standing firm. So how do we do that? We put on every piece of God's armor, and verse 14, it says this. Stand your ground. That means you, in this battle, you don't really have anything to be afraid of if you do things God's way. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. We'll talk about each of these things in a second. Verse 15, for shoes. And I can actually see Paul sitting there looking at the Roman soldier up and down as he's writing these things. For your shoes, 
Put on the peace that comes from the good news. That's the gospel, the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So very quickly and briefly today, I'm just going to run through this. We've looked at this before. We'll look at it again sometime because it's extremely important because this is something we have to do every single day. You can't hear this and say, yep, that's good. I got that. And never think about it again because we do this every single day. So let's walk through these. The first one he mentioned in verse 14 was the belt of truth. For the soldier, that literally held everything together. All of the pieces that got put on, everything that was there, that belt of truth was, was the thing that bound it together. Our armor is held together. Our spiritual armor is held together by the principle. We talk about this all the time here. There is indeed absolute truth. There's not a, this is your truth and this is my truth. And we can, we can believe differently about this. We can believe differently about many things. But truth is truth. And if you disagree with truth, guess what? You're wrong. If I disagree with truth, I may disagree with it because it's what I firmly believe. I'm still wrong. I can believe, I say this all the time, it's very simple, but it, but it gets the point across. I can believe firmly with all my heart that for me, two plus two is five. And I know you have your truth, but this is just what I believe. You will be wrong. Because there is an absolute truth. That's what this belt of truth is. There's an absolute truth that you can know because God has revealed himself to us. Can we know all truth? No. We can know the truth. God is truth. And he leads us into truth. So here's what we need to do with all of these pieces of this spiritual armor. Every day, I I have it in in notes on my phone. I can pin notes to the top. So they're always at the top. And I have three at the moment. This is one of them. It's pinned to the top so I can look at it every single day. And what I'm going to suggest is here's something. You can rewrite it to make it your own. But here's something to start your day with. Because when you start the day, you have to remember there's going to be a battle today. There's going to be a battle for my soul today. And I want to be, I want to have my shields up. I want to have my armor on. So start your day with this. God, I want to know and to walk in your truth today. And you say, I don't have to say that. I just believe it. No, you do have to say it. And you know what I would suggest? I would suggest in your, in your time alone with God in the morning, whether it's 50 minutes or 50 seconds, say this out loud. And here's why. God knows everything you think. God knows everything you feel. God knows everything about you. Your enemy Satan cannot read your mind. Now, he knows you pretty well. It's like Julie usually knows what I'm thinking. She's not a mind reader, but after, after 30-some years, it's a little bit easier for her. You know, 35 years, uh, uh, she'll look at me and she'll say, I know exactly what you're thinking. And she's usually right. But she can't read my mind. There are times when, it's, when it's, there's nothing there to read, and so it's irrelevant. But your enemy, the devil, can't read your mind but he can hear you. And you want to say this out loud. God, I want to know and walk in your truth today. 
you're making a declaration here. You're saying, you're not mine today. I, I'm, I'm not yours today, Satan. I'm God's today, and I'm putting on the armor, and you're not going to be able to touch me. So start your day with, God, I want to know and walk in your truth today. Say the words out loud. The second piece of armor that he sees is, the old, the old translations say, the breastplate of righteousness. I used to hate that. Because I taught youth group for a long time. And when you say breastplate to junior hires, you've lost them. <laughs> Their mind has gone a different direction. And they're now snickering for the next 25 minutes. As are some of you. I understand that. Here's the thing. I like, I like the new living. The body armor of righteousness. Because that's what it is. My son and, and, and my, my brother-in-law were in, are in, my brother-in-law is in law enforcement. My son was in law enforcement for a while. And we and our family understand what body armor is and, and what it's for. And, he, and he's looking at this soldier and he say, body armor. But he calls it the body armor of righteousness, of God's righteousness. And what you need to understand is there are actually two kinds of righteousness for a believer. And if you're a believer, if you're a follower of God, there's both of these kinds of righteousness, righteousness in play when it comes to body armor. The first kind is, uh, the technical term is imputed righteousness. That means it's God's righteousness, it's credited to you. I like to call this the great exchange. This is the most incredible thing in the universe, that a depraved, broken sinner like me with no righteousness of my own. I, because I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me, can get God's righteousness credited to my account. Not because of anything I've done, just because of faith. I get hit. So when God looks at me, he sees, he sees me through Jesus' colored glasses. He sees that righteousness, not because of me or what I've done, but because it's been credited to my account because I believed and trusted in Jesus. In Philippians 3.9, it says this, I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying, count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. At one time, he did. And many of us are, were, were like that or are like that. It's like, I'm doing pretty good. And really what we're doing is we're counting on our own righteousness. He says, I no, I no longer count on that because of obeying the law, because of doing the things that I'm supposed to do. He says, rather, I become righteousness one way, through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I have the faith that I have been made right with God, that I stand before him clean. That's how I know when, when I breathe my last breath on this earth, when my heart stops beating, I will stand in the presence of God rejoicing, not because of anything I've done, but because of what he's done. Because I have his righteousness because of faith. So that's the first, kinds of, first kind of righteousness. That's that imputed righteousness. But there's another kind for followers of Jesus. We also possess our own, um, it's like practical righteousness. Because we get empowered by the Spirit. We walk by the Spirit. We talked about this last week. In other words, walking intentionally in the will of God. And you say, well, how do I know the will of God? He told you in his book, the Bible. When we follow that and we walk in his word on a regular basis, we walk intentionally, that, that righteousness, I get more and more like Jesus when I obey him. And I understand I have a long way to go. We all do. 
I won't be where I need to be until I stand before him. But I'm supposed to be getting better each day. That's the practical righteousness empowered by the Spirit because I'm intentionally walking in the will of God by the Spirit. You know what that does on a daily basis? That boosts your confidence when you're in battle with the enemy. When you don't have that, when you're not walking that way, when you've turned a direction that you know is not right and the battle comes, you won't have that confidence. You won't be able to have that relationship that you want with God to be able to help you defeat that enemy, that temptation, that whatever it is, because you don't have that strength. So we need that body armor of righteousness, God's righteousness, imputed and, and just practical. So here's what you could start your day with. And again, I would suggest to rewrite this in your own words so that you get it, but use both of these things. God, help me to recognize Jesus' righteousness in my life and to walk uprightly. Every day, ask him to be able to do that in your life. The next thing that we look at, we have the belt of truth, the body armor of righteousness, and shoes of peace from the gospel. It's kind of weird how it's worded, but it's very important. Um, Everything in here centers around the gospel. And he says, first, we are prepared by our confidence in the good news, in the gospel. Because I'm confident uh, of who I am because I have a relationship with God. He's my father. And he's my father, not because of the way I was born, but because I was born again, adopted into his kingdom and have trusted Jesus as my savior. I have that confidence in the gospel, confidence to, to win the battles that I face every day. The second thing that this is talking about is we, we kind of leave footprints behind everywhere we go. Everything we do, we leave that remnant behind. Our victory isn't found in destroying as Christians. There are some Christians who think that. If they, if they can offend and take down as many things as possible, they've been victorious. That's not where we find victory. We find victory in building God's kingdom as we share the good news everywhere we go. Everywhere we go, when, when God prompts us, we're able to give a word to somebody. We're able to say something to somebody. We're able to, when they ask, where do you get such hope? Well, let me tell you, I have an answer for that. And we, we rest in the gospel. We have confidence in it, but we also leave those footprints everywhere we go. In Romans ten fifteen, it says this, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. I love that. You want good feet? Use your feet to bring good news to the people in your sphere of influence who need it. Because there are people around you, whether you know it or not, who God has brought into your path who need some good news. And we're the ones, we're the messengers who bring that. That's having the shoes of peace from the good news, from the gospel. So here's what you might say to start your day with as you talk to God. God, help me to have peace today because of the good news, because that's the first part of it. You have to have it. And help me to leave footprints of the gospel wherever I go so that people see that in your life. The next thing, we have the belt of truth, the body armor of righteousness, the shoes of peace from the gospel. The next thing is the shield of faith. The shield of faith. 
the shield that the soldiers had back then, it was, they had different kinds of shields. Some of the, the, the upper echelon had these metal ones, but most of them, probably the one that Paul was chained to, had a shield that was about two feet by four feet, about the size of a cornhole game, just so that you would have some frame of reference there without the hole in the middle of it. But it was made of wood, and it was covered with leather, and so they would use the shield and they would shoot you know, arrows at them and they would use the shield in defense. Before they went out into battle, they would soak this leather shield, the wood shield covered in the leather, they would soak the whole thing in wood. And the reason is because often the enemy was shooting arrows at them that had been dipped in tar and lit on fire. Wood, not the best shield to have when the arrows are fire, okay? But when they're dipped in water, it would help. Here's what would happen. And this is very important. If all you picture is a soldier standing there with a shield, you've only got half the picture. The shields were this size and this design so that I could stand here with my shield and the person next to me could stand there with their shield and the person on this side of me could stand there with their shield and they would make the shield line and they would be able to either protect each other or they would be able to make some advance into battle as they're going to fight the enemy but it was something that they did together and if one person kind of broke down there it affected everybody here's here's the thing i want you to take away from this we choose what we believe we really do and when we believe truth god's truth We quench the fiery arrows. We quench the lies that the enemy whispers in our ears. You know what lies I'm talking about. And you say, how do you know which ones he whispers in my ears? I don't. I know which ones he whispers in my ear. And I know he does it to you too. The way we combat that is truth. We choose the truth. We have faith in that. And when we choose what we believe by faith... those whispers in our ears, those fiery arrows come at us, don't have a chance. But when we don't start our day that way, when we never think about that, we hear that whisper in our ear and we forget, oh yeah, I'm part of a spiritual battle, that's the enemy. We don't even think about it. And too often we think, well, that's kind of a good idea. It's like, no, it's not. But it sounds good at the time. So here's what you can start your day with. God, help me to believe you at all times and rebuke lies with truth by faith and here's how you know the truth the bible god's word when you get that you are able to say i know what the truth is i have the faith to know what the truth is and i can rebuke those lies with the truth by faith and the enemy can't touch me the next one verse 17 is the helmet of salvation The helmet of salvation, I'm not going to get into this too much today because we're going to actually um, dedicate an entire message in this series just to the battlefield that is the human mind. It's, It's huge. This all starts in our heads. It all starts there. And when you learn a new way to think about life, your life will change forever. Guarantee it. 
Not because I've experienced it and I can speak from experience. I guarantee it because the Bible says it. We're going to do a whole message on that. There's a new way to think framed by the, the good news of our salvation by grace through faith. And when we learn to think that way, life changes. So here's how you can start your day. God, protect my mind today. Help me think thoughts that are good, gospel-centered, grace-centered, God-centered, truth-centered, positive, peaceful, and purposeful. That's what I want to be going on in my head. When I don't do that, things go on in my head. They're just not the right things. And I get very susceptible to the enemy. And I find myself making decisions. Maybe you found yourself in that place. You've made decisions that seemed good at the moment and afterwards just said, what was I thinking? And somebody's usually smart aleck around you say, you weren't thinking. <laughs> it's like, you actually were thinking. You were just thinking the wrong thing. We need to learn to think the right things and we need God to protect our mind. We're going to do a whole message on that in this series. That's the helmet of salvation. The next one it was very difficult for me to not take off on this. But the next one is the sword of the Spirit. Because if, if you know my son Josh, you know that we have a few lightsabers around our house. Dozens of lightsabers around our house. That's not what this is about. That's kind of not what this is. Because when you think of the, the lightsaber, you think of a certain kind of thing. I don't, I don't want you going there at the moment. Here's what I want you to realize. When he talked about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, this is the only offensive piece that he's mentioned. All of the other pieces are defensive. The sword that he's talking about here, it's not talking about a large sword. It's not talking about a flaming sword. Okay, It's talking about the little double-edged sword, the little double-edged dagger that's really only used in close hand-to-hand combat. That's what he's talking about here. And if, if, I would say if, you understand that spiritual battle, that's what it usually feels like, close hand-to-hand combat. It's just you're right there, and you don't know if you're going to end up standing at the end or not. And it typically feels that way. This sword is the only offensive weapon. It says the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the Bible, when, it's, when I say it's an offensive weapon, you know, you can understand that word two different ways. There's a right way and a wrong way in this context to understand it. The wrong way is that you're supposed to be offensive. There are too many Christians who are offensive, and they get proud at that. I offended 12 people today. <laughs> it's like, that's not the point. The Bible will offend people. It will help, it will help people find the truth. It says, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But before that, it will make you miserable. That's what truth does. And so we don't have to be offensive as Christians because the offense comes from them coming face-to-face with truth in the Bible. We need to be gracious. We need to be the kind of people we need to be. Um, It's interesting, this word here, by the way, the, the other use of offensive is just the opposite of defensive. This is something that we can actually accomplish something with, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And, and here's an here's interesting thing. There's a couple different words used in the Bible for word. The most common one is, is logos, but it doesn't use that here. He doesn't choose that particular word here, which means, you know, the big all-encompassing word. 
he, he chose the word, the word is rhema, but it's, it's, it means something smaller. He's saying it's not just the Bible in general that helps us in the battle. It does. But what he's saying is it's those little single portions of God's word, the verses and the truths, as well as the, the words that God's spirit whispers to us into our hearts. That's what gets us through the battle. If you're in the middle of a battle, you're not going to start, you know, quoting 12 chapters from Deuteronomy. Probably not going to happen. There might be some truth there for you. But you're not, that big picture is not what's going to save you. It's the little dagger. It's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He's going to be able to whisper things into your hearts that you have put in there. You see, the spirit helps you remember those things when you need it. When you're in the middle of temptation, when you're in the middle of fighting something, if you've never put anything in there, he's going to have a hard time reminding you of something. We have kids all the time. Pray for me. I have a test today. Did you study? No. Well, I'll pray, but it probably ain't going to do any good. Because when you study and you put stuff in there, I can pray that God will help you get it out. That's a good thing. He's probably not going to supernaturally give you the answers to the test. Life is the same way. We're going to face a test every single day. And if we haven't put anything in, he's not going to have anything to bring out during the middle of the battle when you don't have time to look up the verse. The Spirit needs to be able to bring that. Hebrews 4.12 talks about that, but there's a translation I'm going to read from. It's called the Amplified. It's actually a very cool translation because what it does is it takes God's Word and, and it's a little bigger translation because when, when the Word kind of means a little bit more than that, it adds that in parentheses or brackets or whatever so that we can see here's, here's what it's saying. Like sometimes when it tells you to do something, it means right now do it. Sometimes it means do it continually. And, and those are different. So that's what it does here. So listen to Hebrews 4.12 in the Amplified. For the Word of God... That's the Bible, the Word of God. For the Word that God speaks is alive. Now, stop there for just a moment. I was talking with somebody about this this week. I've studied the Bible for over 40 years since, since I, I began following Jesus. And the interesting thing is, I've read it, I can't count how many times I've read through the whole Bible. I can't count how many times I've, I've studied things in depth to preach. And yet every single time I go into it, and read it and look at it again, there's something new there. And the reason is because it's alive. You'll never get to the end and say, well, I know the whole Bible now. Don't have to worry about it. That's never going to happen. The word that God speaks is alive. And here's the important thing for us in the battle. It is full of power. Making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, it's interesting to talk about the sword again, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit. We can't even divide those things up. It's like, what is the difference there? We can't, but God's word can. Of the joints and marrow, that, talking about the deepest parts of our nature exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. That's what God's Word does. And God's Word can help you in the battle. In other words, when you're war-weary, 
when the battle is starting to take its toll, what you need most is a timely word from God straight to your heart. There are times when you think, I cannot take another step. And God brings something back and reminds you of something from his word and a verse comes to mind. And and sometimes it's like, where did that come from? That came from the spirit. You put it in there two years ago or 20 years ago or 40 years ago. But he brought it back today because you needed it. So here's what you can start your day with. God, help me to store your words in my heart. You know what that means, right? Memorize God's word. You say, I can't memorize. I can't tell you how many people have told me, I can't memorize things. And then they proceed to tell me who won the World Series 14 years ago and what the batting averages of everybody was. It's like, okay, you can memorize what you want to memorize. What's important to you, you memorize. If God's word is important, then you say, God, help me store your words in my heart and bring me fresh words in the moments of battle and temptation. Remind me of your truth. You're facing that temptation. God brings that word back that you learned. It's a lot easier to face and to turn from that temptation. All of the pieces of the armor relate in some one way or another back to the good news, back to the gospel. It's, it's the redemption, the, the salvation that we find in Jesus that prepares us ultimately for the battle ahead. That's where it starts, with the good news, with the gospel. Once you're suited up, once you have your shields up, your armor on, the most important thing to remember is follow every direction Jesus gives you. We can't expect him to get us out of the trouble when we don't listen to him in the first place. Remember, we talked about that last week. But there is one more thing. This passage, that's where everybody ends this passage. The passage does not end there. He lists, that's all the armor. He lists all the armor. The very next verse tells us how you make all that real, how it all happens for you. The next verse, verse 18, says this, pray. Many translations say, and pray. You take all of these things, the belt of truth, the body armor of righteousness, the shoes of peace from the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, and pray. Pray in the spirit, by the power of the spirit. Pray at all times. Pray on every occasion when you're being tested, when you're being tempted, when the devil is coming at you and whispering those things in your ear. Don't say, I got this. Say, I don't have this. And start praying. He says, pray on every occasion. Stay alert. That's so that you know who's whispering in your ear. Stay alert. And here's what's important. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Because it's real easy for us to think we put the armor on and we're good to go. We are in this together. You don't do it on your own. If, you're gonna, if it's going to be you, you're going to fail. If it's going to be us, we have a chance of standing. So we pray. That's what puts all those pieces of armor on us. But we pray for each other, for all believers everywhere at all times because we are better together. So I didn't write on your outline, this is a piece of armor. I didn't write pray. I left some space for you to write that. Pray. Because you're starting every day praying and asking God to keep you alert, to help you have your shields up. It doesn't have to take 
an hour every morning. It just has to take a little bit of time to get suited up and say, God, this is what I want. I want to be victorious today. I'd like to ask you to bow your heads as we pray. Father, I know that everybody here faces the battle. They face the battle and, and, and they hear the, the enemy. They see what the enemy is doing. And sometimes we just don't recognize him because we're not paying attention. And we, we succumb to his schemes, to the, to the fiery arrows because we're not prepared. You've given us everything we need to prepare as followers of Jesus, as believers, as Christians, of those who have trusted Jesus as Savior. And you've even told us how to appropriate those things for ourselves by praying, by, by, by suiting up every day. Father, my prayer is that those here who are followers of Jesus, they are believers, they, they have cross that line from unbelief to belief, that we would make a renewed commitment to suit up every day so that the, the enemy doesn't trick us. So the enemy doesn't um, whisper those things in our ear that cause us to, to make the wrong choices, but that we would be prepared, that we would be suited up with armor, that we would have our shields up, that we would be able to stand, and then when it's all done, to remain standing. And Father, for anybody who's listening to this today, they don't have that relationship with you. They've looked to church. They've looked to religion, to rules, to those laws, to the regulations, to the requirements, and it just hasn't worked for them. Father, we know that's because it's not supposed to work. We're not saved by doing. We're saved because of what you've already done for us on the cross. And my prayer is anybody who, who doesn't have that relationship with you, that's recognized today, they also don't have the power to, to resist the things they need to resist. That they would recognize it's by simple faith, trusting that what Jesus did on the cross was for them, and because of that, they can get your righteousness credited to their account. That they can begin obeying and following you because of the power of the Spirit in their life. And they can begin winning those battles. Father, my prayer is that every person here would recognize that and, and if they have not already done so in simple faith would claim you as Savior and realize we're in this battle together. Father, we love you. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand for the closing song. I love that song. And as you will notice in your bulletin, Josh wrote that song had to say that. Anyhow, I told you that the first six episodes of Star Wars for me, I summarize them by saying it's about the redemption of Anakin Skywalker. That, for me, that's what it is. So here's what I can do. I can take something that was used for evil and I can redeem it and, and make it for good. So in Star Wars, in Return of the Jedi, one of the most evil characters in it was the Emperor. And they set a trap for all the good guys. And the emperor gives a quote that I'm going to redeem. I'm going to turn it around and we're going to be able to say it to our enemy. Here's what he says. I, I'm not going to say it like him. If it was Yoda, I would say it like Yoda, but I'm not going to say it like the emperor. He says, I'm afraid that the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. I want to be able to say that to our enemy. 
I want you to say that to the devil when he's trying to attack you. I'm afraid that my shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. Because you've taken the time in the morning to put your shields up. You've taken the time in the morning to suit up so that when the attack comes, you're good. And you don't have to be taken down because I want you to be standing when the dust settles. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you that you have given us everything we need in this battle, but that we need to decide and to put it on each and every day. Help us to make that decision and to rest and trust in your strength by faith. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.